talk to all of us about um, taking our faith to another level. I'm in this series on what if, you know, what, hey Ty, what if, what if you really understood your identity in Christ? What if you, what if we really understood that we're living in the last days and that Jesus is going to appear real soon? And today the Lord just spoke to me and said, what about, what if the next 21 days could elevate your faith to a whole nother level? What, what if, what if you, does everybody understand that you're not where you're going to be? Do you understand your faith level that you're at right now is not where you're going to finish? That God wants to increase us more and more. The promises of God are yes and amen. God is always moving us from glory to glory. There's no neutral in the kingdom. When you find yourself at a comfortable place, at a neutral place, you're actually going backwards. Huh? You're not on fire. And Revelation warns us about being lukewarm. He said, I would that you be hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And God's, what's he saying? He's saying, get on fire for me. Take your faith to another level. And I don't know about you, but there are situations in my life where I see the enemy wants to keep me bound and keep me living at a, in, a, in a place where I'm not seeing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in my life. Anybody, anybody other than me have things that you have prayed for, things that you've been believing for for a long time that you didn't see happen? Huh? Anybody have a parent or a grandparent that's not serving the Lord? It's painful, right? Like it's like you want them to get it. You want them to receive it. And you pray and you ask God to do it. I've, I've, got, I've got family members in my family. We were raised in the same home, same father, same mother, same atmosphere, and, and I chose this path of pursuing God, and they've chosen another path. And I'm like, man, it just breaks my heart. Anybody have a child that's not serving God, that, that you know was raised to know God, and they're not serving God? That's like the most painful thing. For years, Uncle Rick and, and Aunt Brenda and I, this is my uncle and my aunt, and for years we prayed for their daughter. We just prayed. And, and is she where she's going to be? No, but she's not where she was. And that relationship has been restored, but we had, we had labored in prayer and we'd prayed, but it just seemed like there was no answer for so long. And I think all of us have experienced that. We all know somebody. Do you know anybody that needs a deliverance? You know anybody that's bound to alcohol, bound to drugs, or bound, bound to fear? Or bound? I'll tell you what, man, there's so many people right now bound to fear. Oh, we label it everything. We label it all kinds of stuff. And, and, and there is a fine line between wisdom and fear. There's wisdom, you know, and people got to do what they need to do. But, man, I don't know where the line is. I'm, I'm seeking the Lord all the time. God, how do I lead this church? How do I advance us in the kingdom of God? And, and, and am I doing what you want me to do? Am I doing it how you want me to do it? And I'm constantly seeking the Lord. Why? Because I've got to keep taking my faith to another level. And you and I, all, all of us need to engage and say, you know what, we got to engage in taking our faith to another level. I've, I, in my life, I've watched as my, my own finances at times, you go, what in the world is going on? There's times when it feels like everything is good, finances are moving, everything's great, we're tithing, we're giving, and we see the hand of God. But there's other times when it seems like, man, money just fleets. It's like, where is it going? Like, what, what is the problem? What am I doing wrong? Huh? It's not always what you're doing wrong. It's, we live in this cursed world. I don't know about you, but have, ever, have, you, have you ever had more than one appliance break down at the same time? 
your battery goes dead in your car, and your washing machine quits working. Like, what in the world is going on? I'm a tither. Like, why is this happening? And it's like, well, you know what? God is allowing things into our lives to elevate us to another level. There are things that happen in this world that bring us to a place of, like, I want to go to another level with God. This COVID-19 pandemic started in April, and here we are now in August, and it's like, it, it, it's lingering for so long. It's like, I want it over. I want it done. I want it broken. I want to see the hand of God moving. I want to see people on fire for God and passionately with zeal going after the things of God. Sometimes we pray for things, and it seems like God's not listening. Is that just me, or am I out there alone? Like, sometimes I pray, and it's like, God, are you hearing me? I've been praying for Jay for a year, God. I want that miracle in his life. I want his lungs healed. I want cancer redicted from his body. And I'm just going to God and seeking God and crying out to God. And it's like, you know what? Maybe God's bringing me to a place of elevating my faith. That's where I think the church is right now. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Huh? We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Don't you think God's a little sick of everybody timing him? Do it, God, if you're going to do it in an hour and ten minutes. If you're not going to do it in an hour and ten minutes, we're going. We'll catch you next week. I'm just saying, that's, that's basically what it's come to. It's like we structure things so well, it's like there's no room for God to move anymore. And I'm saying, God's wanting to shake us to another level. The Holy Spirit wants to wake up his church. We are living in the last days, and God said, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. And there is a revival coming to the earth. Amen. Everybody say, another level. If you're watching online right now, type in that little search bar, another level. We all have got to move to another level. What if God uses this time of fasting, the next 21 days? Today we're beginning 21 days of fasting and prayer and seeking God. What if God takes these next 21 days and he brings you out of a comfort zone and he brings you into a place of great expectancy? Go with me to Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 5. Matthew 8 and 5 in the New, in the New Testament. I'm going to read to you from a New King James in whatever translation you use, follow along with me. Matthew 8, verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. Centurion, which is basically a leader of 100 men or more. He was just a, he, he was a, he was an army guy, a soldier that had 100 men under him. The centurion answered and, and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to the, those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith in all Israel. I've not found such great faith. I don't know about you, John, but I want Jesus to see me as a man with great faith. I want Jesus to see my life and go, that's a man that lives in great faith. And I want you to know, God wants to elevate you to a person of great faith. We all need to move to another level. We all need to move ourselves to another level of expectancy. I pray we move past this pandemic moment. And I'm calling it a pandemic moment. I'm not calling it the new normal. 
I'm calling it a pandemic moment. I'm calling it a, 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 a something that has come upon us that doesn't belong. And the body of Christ is going to raise up and we're going to continue to pray until this thing is driven out of the land. It may be around, but it won't come nigh your dwelling. Amen. We move into a season of supernatural signs and wonders. We move into an expectancy that God's going to heal every sick person, that God's going to deliver every tormented person, that the chains of wickedness are coming off of people, and they're going to see the people of God with great faith, and they're going to know they too can have great faith. Go to Matthew 17, verse 14. When they come to the multitude, Matthew 17, verse 14. Jesus and all his disciples, and when they come to the multitude, a man came to him, came to Jesus, and he kneeled down saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's an epileptic, and he suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Jesus answered, and he said to them, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, assuredly. Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. For with it, nothing will be impossible. Look at verse 21, and I highlighted in my Bible. However... This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. All of us are facing challenges in our lives. All of us need miracles. All of us know somebody that needs a healing, somebody that needs a miracle, somebody that needs saved, someone that needs delivered. All of us have that situation in our lives. And Jesus said, the reason that this is happening is because of your unbelief. He said, you're faithless and you're perverse. You think about it, this is Jesus' 12 disciples. These are the followers of Christ who Jesus spoke to them in Matthew chapter 10, just a few chapters prior. And he said to them, when he called his 12 together, he gave them power over demons and told them to heal the sick and to raise the dead. He told his disciples, this is what I want you to do. And they're, they're, they're stuck at a level and they're not advancing. And Jesus said to them, listen, some of these unanswered prayers are because you have not understood a spiritual discipline. It's called fasting and praying. This is the level God wants you and I to operate in as believers that we move into a time of fasting and praying, that we understand the spiritual significance of spiritual disciplines. This is not just about being a believer and following Christ. You gotta start doing spiritual disciplines in your life. You gotta pray every day. You gotta read your Bible. You have to be intentional about being a man filled with the Holy Spirit. You gotta be intentional about walking in faith and not fear. You have to be intentional about taking the gospel out to the streets and telling everybody that God loves them. We have the cure for racism, it's in the power of Jesus Christ, it's in the power of the blood. Jesus is calling us to another level. He called them faithless and perverse. If you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. Faithless means not connected to God. Faithless means not connected to God. Perverse means not connected to this world, too connected to this world. When you're perverse, you're too connected to the world. 
If you live with the world's way of thinking, if you do life the way the world does life, if you allow this thing to affect you the way it's affecting the world, you then become a perverse generation. You become a generation that is so moved by what you see and what you hear that you're not operating in the supernatural. When we as believers cannot operate in our flesh, we got to tap into the spiritual realm and we got to live as spiritual beings on this earth walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus called them faithless and perverse. The more connected to the world you are, the more faithless you will be. In Matthew 9 and verse 14, the disciples of John came to Jesus saying, why do the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from you, and then they will fast. Jesus said, when I leave, there are going to be spiritual disciplines that you're going to have to grab onto. He said, I'm going to leave you. I'm here with you now, and I'll, 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 I'll take up the slack. But when I go, you're going to have to start walking in spiritual disciplines. you got to read your Bible. you got to pray. You have to worship. you got to fast. you got to pray. And the church is weak, and we're not seeing prayers answered because we're not operating in fasting and praying. Fasting and prayer are major keys to breakthrough. In Acts 13, go with me to Acts 13, 2 and 3. In Acts, we find the birth of the church. Jesus has been ascended to the Father, and the church is now taking the rightful place. They're going house to house. They're breaking bread. They're winning thousands to the Lord. Thousands of people are coming. The gospel is spreading throughout the land. In Acts 13, 2, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. You want to know why supernatural miracles happened for the beginning of, in, in the, the beginning church? They fasted. The Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit spoke to them. They invited the Holy Spirit in. They fasted. They prayed. They lived spirit-filled lives. We're so filled with CNN and Fox, and we're so filled with the garbage of this world. We're so filled with political environment and all the negativity of this world that there's no room for the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, we got to fast it. we got to get it out of our lives. we got to crucify our flesh and begin to call down fire from heaven and live as Christ wants us to live. They ministered to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy Spirit said, Now separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they sent them away. Fasting and praying was normal for the, for the, for the, for the church, for the early church. The Apostle Paul talked about fasting in 2 Corinthians 11 and 23. They are, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool? Am I more in labors and more abundantly? Listen to Paul's life. In stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. We're soft Christians. I'm telling you, I'm a softy. I look at Paul's life and what all he went through. He said, Four, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I've been in the deep. 20, in verse 26, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea. Look at all this. In perils of false brethren, in weariness, in toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger, in thirst, in fact. 
fast things often. What was Paul saying? You know how I made it through all that? You know how I made it through the perverse generation and all they wanted to throw at me and everything they tried to put on me? I made it through fastings, through fastings, through setting apart a time in my life when I disconnected myself from the world and through prayer connected myself to the Father. If there was anything the church of Jesus Christ needs right now, it's to disconnect from this world and to connect to the Father. Write this down. Prayer, prayer connects us to God, and fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer connects us to God, and fasting disconnects us from the world. We have a connection problem. We've been too connected here and, 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 and little connected there. And until we reverse that, till we get more connected to the spiritual things, till we get more connected to the supernatural things, we are always going to live in fear. We are always going to live in, in, in defeat. But when we connect to the spiritual things and we say, God, we know that your plans are good, your promises are yes and amen, that you've got a plan and a purpose for our lives, we're not here to sucking up air, God. We're here on purpose and assignment, and we've got a great commission to go into all the world and preach the good news that God has a plan and a purpose for every life. We become too connected here and not enough connected there. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as of a mustard seed, the smallest seed, if you have that little bit of faith, you can move to mountains. See, our problem isn't unbelief. Really, our problem is an unbelief. We believe God can do it. Most of you that have been around for a while, you know God can raise somebody from the dead because you've watched the video, you've heard the stories, you sit here and talk to my wife, and she tells you exactly what happened that day. We hear stories of John, eight minutes, that he fell off that ladder, hit his head, and, and laid there with no breath in his body, and Jill standing over him, calling that life back into his body. We believe. I look back at Joyce, and Joyce, Joyce had a cancer sentence of death. And they said, you're not going to live. You're not going to be here longer. But there she sits with a smile on her face telling everybody, look what the Lord has done. They didn't give her any hope, but God had hope. Why? Because we believe. We believe. And everybody in this room has a story. I don't know if, if I could get maybe a couple of you that would say, you know what, not, not, not like the miraculous thing where something happened and, 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 and you just know that was a miracle. I'm talking about where you went to God for a specific need like we did for Mariah. We said, God, we need a turnaround in her life. And we kept praying and we kept fasting. We kept seeking God until one day we got the phone call. Everything is changing. Is it perfect yet? No, but it's changing. God's doing the work. And I'm going to tell you something. I want to hear miracle stories that are in your life that you know and that you have no doubt God worked a miracle in your life. How many of you would say, I, I know of a thing in my life that was a divine miracle from God? I, I, give, give me two on each side. Just two on each side. Just step up and say, I'm going to share my story. And it's got to be brief, but I want you to share about how you have no unbelief anymore because God definitely gave you a miracle. Come here, buddy. Sir, right there. Yeah, you. You just touched my heart. Yeah, yeah you can do it. Yeah, come right here. You say you know it was a miracle. Hey, look here. Look here. Are you sure it was a miracle? You sure it was a miracle? Yeah. Come on. Who else? Who else over here? Just say, I, I know God gave me a divine miracle. George, come on. George, come on. Who else? Who else would say, I know I have a divine miracle? Come here, Rich. Come here, Mom. Come here. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. That's, that, that, that's four right there. Let me, let me just share, share your story. Go ahead. Is it on? Shut your mouth. Is it on? There it is. Um, I'm a recovered alcoholic. I asked God. I got on my knees. When I was 26, I couldn't stop drinking. I asked him to deliver me, and I haven't had a drink since or a desire. Amen. About 18 years ago, my brother uh, had a new knee put in, a bone in his knee, in his right knee. When he was 17, he broke it playing basketball, and 30% of the knee was removed, the right one. So he was born again and meets my buddy Frank Wise, who's an evangelist in West Virginia. Frank prays over him, bones back in. He felt heat down his back and the right knee, he felt heat down the knee. And I knew that knee. I said, Ron, take up that. And the knee was always smaller. Now it's larger. <laughs> Works fine. See, that's working on miracles, right? Yeah, keep it close. That's awesome. Good, good. Back in 2006, I was down at uh, Myrtle Beach at Rick's condo. He had five, six condos down there, and we, Trudy and I were doing some work. Keep it close, and Michael. Keep the mic close. So I was starting to work up on the curtains and fix the curtains. Something hit me right here, and I thought it was in the right lung. And it was a pain, and I, it was just like an arrow or a bullet that it hit me. And I was ready to go down, and my breath was leaving. And I told my wife, I said, you need, to, you need to hurry up and drive me to the hospital. So she was all nervous and driving and going as fast as she could, what the roads would allow her. And so I said, you'll never make an ambulance driver. And I just felt like I was dying. And so when I got to the hospital, you know, I just was praying and she was praying, just saying, Lord, you know, take care of this problem. Heal me, you know, and... And they took me in, and they'd done the EKG, and they'd done the, the nitro pills. And I knew that, you know, you know God has touched me. It's gone. I don't have this pain. It's gone. You know, and so they took me in. They said, well, you still have to stay here five days, and you have to go through the procedure. And so they did. They kept me there and watched me. But... As far as I was concerned, you know, when they'd done the test, there was a lot of blocked arteries and things, but I felt totally healed. I said, I don't need to be in here. The nurses wouldn't let me get out of bed and do the things I wanted to do. But, I, but it was a miracle, I know, that God had touched me. And from, the, from that pain, from the, felt like an arrow or a bullet in the lung, and I thought it was a blood clot and that I was dying. But God healed me. Amen. Must have been on the way to the hospital because when I got there, the pain had left. Amen. So it wasn't anything they done, but it was what God done. Okay. Um, April 13th of 2018, I was in a car accident and had a left shoulder injury that two surgeons right here in Naples, Florida, tell me six months of surgery, recovery, and rehabilitation. I was actually on top of an injury that I had in January 15th of 2016. I'm in the roofing business. I'm coming down off a roof, and the, and the ladder was on gravel because it was just the area that we were working in, and the ladder slides out. I go head first. That night, I finally had been forced by my family to go to the emergency room because I, I, I literally the ladder slides out. I go head first, eight feet, head contusion, neck injury, left shoulder injury, fractured wrist, broken back, and I walk away and go to my grandson's birthday party, you know. 
and I'm just believing God for my healing. And I recovered from everything except uh, the left shoulder injury. And uh, fortunately, my ex had gotten accident insurance on me because I bought a motorcycle, so she didn't want to get her, you know, lose her check, right? <laughs> and uh, they cut her a check for the broken back, fractured wrist, neck injury, shoulder injury for $254. <laughs> yeah, great, great insurance. Anyway, so April 13th, I'm in a car accident, so that injury in my left shoulder never healed up, and I was in a lot of pain for two years. But it didn't hurt all the time, but once the guy runs into me on 75, I am, you know, uh, in a lot of pain. May 13th of 2018, I'm sitting right here on the second row, and it was right after worship, and Jesus appeared to me standing right here. I tried to explain to him, I have an insurance claim on this, they're going to pay me. And I still got $5,300 from the insurance company, by the way. <laughs> and I told them, Jesus came and healed me. Yeah. See, I wasn't believing for healing. This was the, this was the mercy of God. He, he told me I'd make more money being healed than I would hurt. And I did not even realize I was healed. I mean, that was about as long as the vision lasted. Yeah. And you get up and start, you know, preaching. preaching. And I don't realize I'm healed until the next day. I go to Dr. Parent, and I'm, like, having no pain at all. And uh, so I'm thinking, I'm still not connecting the dots. I mean, I know I look smart, right? <laughs> That's... And so I'm thinking, well, you ever had something go wrong with your car? And you take it to the mechanic, it's running fine. That's what I thought happened. I said, I said maybe this doesn't hurt today. But, I mean, I'd been hurt for two years. And then, then the accident. If I may take another couple of minutes. You know, we're talking about Jesus coming soon. And I believe the Lord showed me yesterday. You know how we can mis misinterpret the scriptures. I was looking for where it says in the, in the Bible he's coming soon. Yeah. He's coming quickly, suddenly, yeah. suddenly. You know, and I think we're missing that because we talked about, you know, how long is the generation? Everyone knows that the generation that witnesses Israel return to their homeland will not pass away until the end comes. Well, I was, I saw a magazine um, May 13th of uh, 2000, or May, May of 2000, 2013, National, no, no, what is that? What's that? Geogra National Geographic, thank you. And they I'm said, was, I'm glad it wasn't the National Choir. <laughs> right, right. Let's clarify this. National Geographic, yeah. May 13th, 2018, or May, May 13th, May of 2013, had a baby on it that said, This baby will live to 120. And you know, Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Man's day shall be 120. So the Balfour Declaration was signed 1947. Israel would became a nation in one day in 1948. So the 120 years, that generation is 120 years. So I'm just telling you, that was actually the third time Jesus has appeared to me. In 2004, he told me, he said, tell someone every day that I appeared to you and that I am coming back soon. So, you know, I've been telling somebody Jesus is coming soon every day for 16 years. And I thought it was soon. But, you know, it was really, see, in our time, see, the Bible says that the day to God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Yeah. So my, my point is, if I, if, one more minute. Yeah, make it quick. <laughs> but actually, see, I thought it was in my timeline. But no, it's, it's your generation, Sabra. It's your generation. It's your generation, Austin. It's your generation. Because you know that the devil started killing babies in 74. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, 
And really, when we have this mentality is coming soon, we don't live for the future, we don't plan, we don't prepare. And actually, once I realized that it's going to be quite a while, yeah. it's going to be, I'm just telling you, it's going to be yeah. closer to 2060. <laughs> so it makes, it makes a difference because now, you know, I have a hope in the future. Yeah. Before I'm thinking, okay, I've, I've messed my life up so much yeah. that, you know, it's a... It's, you know what it is? It, it, it's just this whole thing of, he, he's, he believes. He's not an unbeliever. And, and for all of us, you hear these stories, and it's like, we're not unbelievers. The problem isn't our unbelief. The problem is we are not positioning ourselves to connect to the Father. We connect to him. We disconnect from this world. That's what fasting does. When you read about fasting in the Bible, the very first time that fasting was mentioned in the Bible was in Judges. It was in Judges chapter 20 and verse 26. And it says, then all the people of Israel, that is, all the people went up, and they came to the house of God, and they wept. And they sat there before the Lord, and they fasted until evening, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. The people fasted because they needed direction for a nation. They said, we got to know our next move. And that's why I'm calling us to a church fast to say, hey, we need to petition the Father. What's our next move? What's God getting ready to do on the earth right now? What's God want out of your life? And I'm telling you what he wants in your life. He wants you to go to another level. He wants you to accelerate your faith beyond the natural into the supernatural. It's time to fast and pray. We're a triune being. We're a spirit. We live in a body. We possess a soul. You know that about everybody. There are three parts to all of us. And what happens is, when we're so connected to the world, our flesh is in charge. And when we fast, what are we doing? We're telling our body to stop. We're telling our soul to stop. We're not putting all our emphasis on our physical body or in our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we're saying, I want my spirit to be in charge. One of the three will be in charge of your life. It's either going to be your soul, your, your body. When it's your body, you do what you want to do. When it's all about you, you do what you want to do, what you feel like, what turns you on, what makes you happy. When it's your soul, you're, you're always worried about your emotions and what others are thinking, what others are doing. But when it's your spirit, when your spirit is in control, when you wake up every day and invite the Holy Spirit to take over your life through fasting and praying, you put your spirit in control. We're spirit. Our spirit is what connects us to God. We live in a body. Our body connects us to ourselves. We, live in a, we have a soul. We possess a soul. It is your mind, your will, and your emotions. What makes you happy? What makes you sad? Your soul is your mind, and it's, it's your will and your emotions. But one of those has got to be in charge. And through fasting and praying, we put our spirit in charge. I love Romans 8, the whole chapter. I talk about it all the time. Romans 8, verse 1. There is no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It's a spirit consciousness. That's what fasting can do for you. That's how you can move into a new season in your life. The man or a woman that is controlled by his spirit dominates his soul and his body. You weaken the body and you weaken the soul and you strengthen your spirit at the same times. Let me, give you, let me give you these five things, okay, and I'll close with this. Here's five goals for the 21 days of fasting, okay? You know what we're doing, right? So starting today, I'm encouraging everybody to set up a 21-day fast. Set up a 21-day fast, whatever that is for you. For Bobby and myself, we've decided, and, and we're helping, and Riley as well, we're doing a Daniel's fast, which is basically 
the way we've simplified it and the way we've simplified it in our hearts. And we have decided this is what we're doing. No meats. I went last night to Texas Roadhouse and got me a big steak because I was like, this is my last steak for 21 days. I'm like, all right, man, and I ordered a pizza last night, so I'm going to eat my last pizza for 21 days. What we're doing is no, no breads, no sweets, no meats, no bop, no soda. Like we, we, we said, okay, no sweet teas. We're just saying this is what we're going to do for 21 days, and we're going to pray and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit into our house. I'm asking everybody today, start a fast. Whatever that looks like for you. You and your wife come together. Say, here's what we're going to fast. Here's how we're going to do this. And come to an agreement of something. You may not do the same thing I'm doing. I, just find your fast and say, I'm going to fast and pray and seek God for 21 days. Every Friday, I'm asking everybody in the church to disconnect from social media. Turn the television off. Turn the video games off. Turn, 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 turn the news media off. Set your cell phone down. Turn it off. Take 24 hours. Some of you, you have to work Friday, and you're on the computer, and you're working all day, and you're, you need to be on your phone all day. That's fine, but when you come down, when sun sets, shut it off and take 24 hours. Have communion in your homes every Friday for three weeks to fast and pray and to seek God. The first week, on that first Friday, next Friday at 7 o'clock in the morning, we will start in the sanctuary. There will be a table set up. There will be a lamp. And there will be a microphone. And I'm asking us to pray. To pray. To come in and take 24 hours of prayer. Just to come in here and pray for 24 hours. Sign up online. Sign up on the church website. And say, hey, I'll go from 2 to 2.30 in the morning. I'll be here. My wife and I will come. And there won't be anybody in here. Just a few folks. And just pray. And let's have the sanctuary filled for 24 hours of constant prayer into the spiritual atmosphere. The second Friday, we will read the Bible through from Genesis to Revelation. I mean, from, from, from Matthew to, to Revelation. We'll read the entire New Testament in 24 hours. So when you come in, the table will be here. Someone will be praying. They will start in Matthew chapter 1. And they will maybe read to Matthew chapter 5. And when you come in 30 minutes later and you walk in, they will say, I'm at Matthew chapter 5. And you would sit at the table and start reading at Matthew 5 until, until the next person shows up. And continually reading of the word into the atmosphere for 24 hours. And everybody needs to sign up. We don't want one hour to go by in the church without somebody reading the Bible. And the third Friday will be 24 hours of worship. And we'll have the church open for 24 hours, worship going on day and night, 24 hours a day. We'll have a worship service from 7 o'clock on Friday night till, uh, till 9 o'clock. And everyone's welcome to come and worship with us. And so I'm giving us five things, five goals for the next 21 days, and here they are. I'll be quick. Write these down. Number one, set an objective. Five goals for the next 21 days, set an objective. Declare a fast. Pick a fast and stick with it for 21 days. Number two, start each day with repentance. Start each day with repentance. Think through your life. Who's offended you? Who's hurt you? What things are still heavy in your heart? And begin to pray for that person. If you, if you were touched inappropriately years ago, and whatever it may be, find it and say, God, I forgive that person. I forgive whoever. You had a business deal fall through and somebody stole from you. Find a way to say, God, I forgive Joe for stealing from me. I forgive my neighbor for what they said about me. I forgive whoever. Find a place to start every day with forgiveness. Why? Because repentance brings revival. 
Start every day with repentance. Number three, refocus on the eternal things. Refocus your mind on the eternal things. Get your mind off for the next 21 days. Get your mind off of who's wearing a mask and who's not wearing a mask. Get your mind off of what the school system is doing. Get your mind off of everything that is going on in this world and put your mind on eternal things and say, God, I'm setting my mind on the eternal things of God and I am not going to be consumed with what's not going the way I think it should go. Refocus on the eternal things. Set our minds on the supernatural things. Life is short. Make the most of the eternal purposes of God in our lives. Number four. Invite the presence of the Holy Spirit at greater, greater levels in your life. For the next 21 days, inviting the Holy Spirit at greater levels. Ask God to give you joy. Ask God to give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Ask God to move you to another level. God, let the Holy Spirit guide me through every choice in my life. Number five, the last thing I want you to do is I want you to expect results. Expect results. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 6 says this, is not, the fast, is not this the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to, to, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. This is the fast that we're called to, to move to another level in God. Every teenager that just came out of camp, I'm telling you, what you experienced at camp was wonderful. But I'm telling you, there's a whole nother level to go to. Now you get to live it out. Now you get to act it out and walk it out. Not only was it a service and not only was it a moment where God touched you, but now you get to live this thing out for 21 days and say, God, I'm going to seek you. Here's what fasting is. The abstaining from eating food. The abstaining from eating food for spiritual reasons. It's a focused time of spiritual dependency on God to sustain you and must be accompanied by prayer. It's not a diet. It's fasting. It's seeking God. It's disconnecting from the world. Would everybody stand up on your feet with me, please? Went a couple minutes over, but I really wanted to share with you those five things. Five things. Set a fast. Talk to the kids and say, hey, we want to fast for 21 days. What, what could you give up for 21 days? I just think it's family time, man. It's time, to, it's time to move into the spiritual arena and take back what the enemy has stolen. Let the peace of God reign in your hearts. If everybody would bow your hearts to the Lord right now, I'm, I'm, I'm just stirred in my heart to speak to your spirits. If you're not experiencing the joy that God has for you, if you're, if you're living in fear, if you're living in, in, a, in a place where your faith is weak, say, God, my faith's not strong. I, I've been praying for these things to happen. They haven't happened. And I'm just, I'm just weary. And God says, hey, I want to move you to another level. If you would spiritually be honest with yourself and say, I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm really not where I need to be with God. Would you just acknowledge that and lift your hand to the Lord right now? Man, a lot of hands all over the room. Just not where I need to be with God right now. You can put your hands down. Let me ask if there's anybody in the room that is living in a place where you just don't have the peace 
just don't have peace. The breath of God. Breathe into them right now. A fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now. Breath of God. Come and feel. Come and feel. Before I invite those to the altar, I'm going to ask if there's somebody in the room that you say, maybe watching online right now, and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm just, I'm not living right, man. I'm living in sin. I know my heart's not where it needs to be with God, but I need change to come. Before we dismiss and leave, I'm going to ask you right now just to open your heart to God's love. Receive forgiveness. I speak to you right now and just give you boldness to, to take a stand for God. I'm going to ask in the room right here, if there's anybody in here right now, you say, my heart is not where it needs to be with God. I'm spiritually not right. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now and just lift it up? Just hold it up. Thank you, sir. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those of you that lifted your hands to the Lord, I just want you to just, just to lift both hands like mine. Just, just hold both hands up to the Lord right now. And I just want you to pray this prayer that changed my life, and I believe it will change yours too. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart Christ is risen from the dead, you shall be saved. This is the beginning of a new life. Pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know you died for me, and I choose to live for you. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins into my heart change my life I give you everything I trust you with my future I know you died for me and I choose to live for you in Jesus name Amen Amen I don't want to I don't want to just rush out right now I just want to give opportunity for those of you that say I'm not where I need to be with God I know that I've got to move and advance to another level even those of you that lifted your hands just now for salvation I want you all to come right now just to the front and kneel across the front. If you felt convicted to lift your hand, the Holy Spirit spoke to you about where you're at. I want you to come and just kneel down before the Lord right now. We're going to worship for a few minutes, but I want to give you a time to just do business with God. Say, God, you're speaking to me. You're speaking to me. You're speaking to me. Eric, are you here? Is that you? Eric, he just lifted his hand for salvation, man. He just lifted his hand to pray with you for salvation. Come on, Brad. Come on, Tim. Pastor Tim, come with him. Those of you that just need prayer, that you just say, I'm not where I need to be with God. Could you come right now and just kneel before the Lord? If you, if you just, just come and just come and kneel before God and let him have, let him have full control.